Apple Music is here to make heading back to school or university this year a breeze with their epic special offer. If you're a student and you sign up for Apple Music now, you'll get the first six months, yeah, you heard me, six months free. And wait for it, there's a little bit more. You'll also get a free subscription to Apple TV+. Plus. I mean, there's only so many times you can watch Parks and Rec, right? Get busy exploring over 70 million songs, all ad-free. Remember, this offer is for new subscribers only and only available to students, so verification will be required on sign-up. Even better, after your free period is over, your subscription will renew for only $29.99 per month, which is a steal. This offer is valid until the 30th of April, 2021, so like, get off the couch and get busy listening. Welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to a producer and DJ who, over the course of the last half a decade, has given us some of South Africa's most beloved dance anthems and has introduced us to a whole host of vocalists on his rich compositions that have gone on to become national earworms. With his latest, Mammoth, 31-track album that fuses traditional and futuristic elements into complete electronic sounds. It serves as a continuation of his debut album and focuses on telling a story of healing and hope through dance music. I am, of course, talking about Sanele Sitole, better known to all of us as San El Musician. Sanele, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I, I want to say straight off that I am a gigantic fan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> since you dropped Akanamali, uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm borderline fangirl obsessed. So <laughs> it's, it's huge for me to have you on the show Amazing. today. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and remain composed throughout this interview. But if I let out like a little bit of a fangirl, yeah, you know, that's, you know, it's cool. Just, just, it's, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Off the record. But, yeah. but how we like to do things here on text talks is we like to take things back. Uh, we'll have a good backstory. So I thought that, you know, we could take you back to your earlier years, young Sanele, Growing up on the farms in Rosetta near Moy River and KwaZulu-Natal with your four siblings. So what's a really fond memory that pops up of your younger years when you think about growing up or when you think about home? Oh, man, when I think about home, I just think of my my grandma and the stories uh, she used to tell us uh, on the bonfire and with with my, my siblings. You know, those are really like, that's like a real fond memory of of myself yeah yeah so uh, i grew up as an only child which right. as you can imagine for an italian family is is very strange and i can't imagine sharing my toys and my food with yeah. one other sibling let alone four other siblings yeah. so so tell me in terms of where do you rank on the age ladder with your siblings and if you had like a close connection with them growing up yeah, it's 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 amazing, you know. With my older siblings, we really didn't have a connection, um, per se. Uh, but with my younger brother, we really clicked. But I only realized that as as I was growing up, you know, when we were younger, I just I didn't really want him around me because he was just there. Whenever I'm hanging out with my friends, it's just 
he just he was just around. So, um, but as we both grew up, up and we we really uh, became closer. Um, yeah, and I'm glad actually because he really helped me with a lot of things in, in, in the music system, the business, you know. So it's amazing. I also I grew up with older cousins who were basically like my sisters, and yeah. they they saw me the same way that you saw your brother because I was yeah. always hanging around. They'd be like, "Oh, so annoying." <laughs> yeah, get away. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me, um, what does your brother do in the music industry? Because I I didn't know that he was also a part of it. Yeah, well, before he was working in nine to five, and then um, as, as soon as everything kicked off from my side with my career, uh, he had to quit uh, his job, and uh, I signed to see me as my first artist, and uh, she was in demand, so we needed more hands, we needed more help, so he had to quit his job and and and, and come and help and be Simi's DJ and composer as well, so. That's so fantastic how it's grown into a family affair. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. It, it really is. It really is. I know a lot of people say that you shouldn't work with your family, but honestly, I really think that that's bullshit because if you have a good connection with your <laughs> yeah. family members yes. and also if you trust them, you know, it can be a really, really good working relationship. Yeah, because for me, it makes sense because we both did, well, I would say we both designed the sound a long time ago, but we didn't even know that we were making this thing that I'm doing right now. So it just makes perfect sense for him to be around me and everything that we we both do. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And then your brother aside, because he's obviously quite a big part of your musical life, uh, in interviews that I've read that you've done, your dad, you credit your dad with being a big musical influence as well because you said that he brought a lot of soulful music into your life. Yeah. Uh, yes. Most of the music and the soundtrack that you grew up around. So if you think back on it, like what music or album stands out from your, from your childhood? Because, you know, we know that musicians are a culmination of, of everything that they've listened to. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, my dad brought a lot of American soul. Uh, He was really into that. Pacey Sledge, you know, the Commodores, Cool and the Gang, Disco and Funk. Mostly it was funk and disco that we would really play in the house. Um, then he would have his friends over. He was basically a home DJ, you know, uh, just to entertain his friends. And so those are really like, when I really go back and just think about the whole vibe, you know, those are really like the one, one of the few albums that really stand out that I can still remember right now. I st- and I still have the vinyl uh, records, by the way. So, Do you which, still have them? Yeah, I have them, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so great and so sentimental. I hope that they're somewhere, that's like, super safe. safe. They, yeah. are, they are very safe, yeah. Oh, my God, your dad sounds like such a cool cat. Um, <laughs> so, so you finish school, right? And yes. then you go off to attend the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Yeah. Tell me about what you were studying, and also tell me about if you enjoyed studying. Because I read an interview that you did, I think it was like a year and a half ago, and yeah. you, you, you weren't 100% sure like what, what it was that you were actually studying. You were like, eh, I was just kind of there because I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. I was there because my, my friend actually uh, invited me to a freshers' ball. So uh, I was there in 20, 2007. So 2006, he invites me. He's like, hey, dude, please, you need to come and experience this thing here. 
I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to this this party. It's like the opening party every time the university opens. So, um, and I fell in love with the whole vibe of just seeing people just dancing in there. And a lot of just people I've never seen before. It's, it's So it was such an, an exciting thing, you know. Um, so I really worked hard on, on my last day of like on my metric year. And... So I so I can just <laughs> go to a, to to varsity and experience this this new vibe that I that I saw um, when my friend invited me over. So um, plus I, I I did want to go to college, you know, but I didn't really have a thing that I really wanted to do. Um, I think I, I was just into electronics, uh, just computers and stuff and science. So it was such a a weird experience because once I, I was there, I, I fell in love with music even more. I there was there was a pub uh, right in the middle of uh, uh, the varsity where you could DJ. So that's when I really started collecting CDs and 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 started using real equipment because I used to DJ when I was back home, but I was using a computer, a laptop rather. So first time now I'm using yeah, DJ equipment, which was super fascinating for me. And yeah. I love how you did things the other way around. Normally people enroll in university and then they go to orientation week and then they fall in love with university. You went to orientation week, fell in love and then enrolled. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how, how regularly would you escape into the nightlife and into the music of, of the student scene at that time? Oh, it was so so easy because my, my grandma was in there, so I, I could just go anytime <laughs> I wanted. So I, this is the funny part. Instead of going to a computer lab, lab where I would just be supposedly uh, doing a research on something, I would be, I would be on, I would be checking out sites, musical sites. That's when I was checking out Axwell, uh, Sebastian Ingros, so before they became Swedish House Mafia. So when they when they became a group, I was like, "Oh, hey, these guys are actually doing this thing now." Where they just it's a group now, and uh, that was so, so amazing for me because I was just a super fan of their individual careers, and when they combined forces as well, it just became something really big. So yeah, and you mentioned. Simi and signing Simi to your label that you eventually started. But did you and Simi already know each other? Did you meet at university um, through your brother, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, not not at the same time. I, I left. I left college, so my brother went. So here's the thing, because my friend introduced me to the whole vibe. I introduced my younger brother to it as well. So he enrolled after I left. And that's when he met Simi, and then and then he just he gave me a call. I think I was home. Um, he said, "Hey, dude, I think you need to come to 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 to, to college." And there's this lady, she, she she she's amazing. You need to hear. Uh, and I was like, oh, "Okay," because I was getting that those a lot because I was already working with Busi and Demo at the time. So I was in Johannesburg and. You know, there was, were, lots, was, there was, were lots of ladies that were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can sing, son. And I'm like, okay, just sing for me then. And then when she sang, and I, I was really, really um, surprised. And it, it, she, she sounded really amazing. So I was like, okay, as soon as you're done with your 
degree, just hit me up when you're in Johannesburg. Yeah, and she did. And the rest is history. But we'll, the rest we'll, is history. We'll talk about that a bit later. But okay. but you you drop out of varsity, right? You're like, nah, this isn't for me. Yeah. And you decide you're going to go home and you're going to yeah. dedicate your time to learning how to make music electronically. And then you yeah. go and you create a DVD with 200, Sanele, 200 <laughs> self-produced songs on it and you send it off to Joburg. Yeah. Uh, did you have to send it to a bunch of different places before you got any sort of response or was more music quite quick to snatch you up it, you know, here's uh, that's uh, the funny story is that uh, demo is from the same hometown we're, we're from the same hometown Moy river it's fake. so so yeah so what i did was i didn't i i wasn't i'm a bit of a weird creative because i don't like just giving out my music because i'm such a perfectionist i'm like nah maybe it's there. maybe they won't like it whatever you know um i'm an overthinker so what i did was i didn't everyone was telling me it's like hey do you know demo demo is from here you can just give him your your music he might just take you to johannesburg da, da, da. i was like oh, no i started how oh, i, I want to do my thing you know um but so what i did was we the whole of Moy River, we made sure that we we, we got we got that covered. And by this, I mean we made mixtapes, we we DJed. So everyone was, everyone was talking about us. So when Demo came uh, uh, came back uh, home for for holidays, you know everyone everyone would bother him. It was like, hey, hey, you should really totally check out this these guys. Ah, da, da, they make this and they did that. So by the time I I was brave enough to go to his home. Uh, I had already about 200 songs, which was like 4.7 gigs of music. So, um, yeah, so I gave it to him. And on his way, uh, uh, I gave him an MP3 and a DVD. So the MP3, so he can just listen to it on his way back to Johannesburg. So as he was driving, he gives me a call. He's like, dude, are you sure you ma- you're the one who made this music? I'm like, yeah and and i think from there on um everything was just people was just really really surprised by what i had come up with in just being in moy river so it was just uh, fate yeah i love yeah. how it's such a like gangster hookup where you got the whole of moy river to talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that so much so you ended up spending six years with Demore Music. And, you know, you know, you yeah. do some great work with dope artists like Boosie and Zex Bantwini. But then ultimately yeah. you make the decision to leave and to go and do your own thing. What spurred yeah. on that decision? You know, oh, man, I think we had a... It was not a very easy thing, you know, because we've been together for so long and making music together and, and everything. But then I just... I really wanted to try something new and an expression in terms of like music because I, I, I made a lot of EDM and disco and funk music that never really got released um, when I was uh, still under demo music. I don't think maybe he had, he saw my vision in a way, um, but he always believed in me and my talent. So I just, I, I felt like it, it was not going to work for us. So I had to start, start my own record label so I can voice myself differently uh, if you may put it that way so that's 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 really what really started the whole thing and and that's how uh 
Elwood was born. So, and Aganamali is the first thing. I, I mean, we're also going to talk about Aganamali, but I love the fact that you were making EDM music. I really, I really yeah. hope that those tracks are lying around somewhere because I would love to hear yeah. Yeah, I'm releasing them. Actually, I have a project that I I'm going to release uh, this year. Definitely, I think I have three projects that I'm going to just uh, drop. And because it's all this music that I made in 2013, 14, it, that I really honestly feel like it, it 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 it's only making sense now in terms of timing and and releasing it. So and it's mostly instrumentals and very clubby uh, uh, sound than what I am doing right now, which is more very super mellow and mm-hmm. soulful. So. Yeah, that exclusive yeah. info you got that that it's coming, <laughs> <laughs> that album is coming. But but I mean, you know, for yeah. a lot of people who, well, a lot of musicians who are with a label and then they make the decision to go out on their own, start their own thing, whatever it might be. It's very scary to start your own business. I know it's it not is, it it's is. not easy, mm. especially if you're leaving the the safety. Um, yeah, of a nine to five yeah. or a paycheck or whatever, but you yeah. you go and you start your own thing, and then the first single yeah. you put out is Akanamali, which is like yeah. the track that really changed the game for you. But but I read that yeah. you were never going to release it until your brother actually convinced you to refresh it. And how how important yeah. is it to have feedback like that? To have you know a second or third ear to tell you you know, you're onto something because sometimes you might be so close. Yeah. You might get lost and you might be so close to a project that you might not be able to see it for what it is. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, what's funny about the whole thing uh, before we even talk about Anamali is how I, every song that I really love, uh, uh, whenever I'm really like feeling a song that I've made, usually the guys are like, ah, it's okay, you know. And then the songs that I just feel like they're okay, they go crazy over them, which is, which is amazing and it's humbling because I'm actually glad that I can't really pick up a song that people might l- really love, you know. Uh, but I, th- it, I, but I think what really makes that maybe sometimes is. Um, whenever I try something new and I know in my mind that this is something I've never done mm. before, I think I'm always excited on that. You know, I get lost in, in that, but then if I keep everything very simple or whatever I usually just use and it just becomes very natural to the ear as well, you know, it's not complicated. It's, it's very easy to listen to. So I've realized that if all the songs that are really complex, I'm like, oh yeah, you do you know what I did to the vocals on this one? And they're like, oh, we're not interested. <laughs> we like the other song. It's so easy. So um, that's exactly what happened with Tarana Madi. It was just there in the computer. Uh, every time he came back from work, he was like, hey, uh, that song you did the one you recorded with Sam. You need to finish that song. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. It's too. It's way too slow. It's one oh seven. I'm a house guy, you know. I need something up tempo. Da da da. Then okay, okay. Until I started working on it. Then this is the crazy thing. The day I started working on that song, I couldn't stop. It's just like a so, snowball effect. Yeah, I just went in uh, the whole night. Until the sun came out the following morning, I was just sitting in there. I started wearing headphones at like 3 a.m. 
because it's just too noisy. So I, I needed the volume. To, I, I really needed the volume to be really, uh, up, like really loud. So um, by the time I finished the song and Pat at the time, um, who just came from um, uh, from Durban to he came straight to work with me. So that was his first day in Johannesburg. So Pat's I, brother. no, Pat is uh, ma- oh, okay. my manager. Yeah, so the, that was his first day just coming to join us back then. That's when I worked on Anaganamad. So by the time he woke up, um, I made him listen to the song. I was like, hey, I, I don't know. I, this song feels very good. I, I can't sleep. I, what do you think? And then I played it for him once and then twice. And then I was like, yeah, it's the one. I was like, huh? I was like, yeah. Like, you say okay. you played it once, uh, twice for him. You, he probably asked you to play it for him like twenty times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for first time it's just two, two times. I was like, play it one more time. I, I want to be sure. And then I, I played it for him, and then it's like, yeah, right. This is the one. And then we got confirmation because everyone, so we had friends over, and then we made them listen to the song. They're like, hey, what is that? I'm like, hey, that's my new song. Like, that's a song. I'm like, yeah. And then that's when I knew I was like, okay, there's there's something about this song. Then, yeah. so you know, I'm very careful to use the term overnight success because I know that for yeah. most artists, I mean, you're putting in years of work before something blows up, yeah. before something specific yeah. blows up, and for you, yeah. it was like yeah. Mali. Do you remember where you were the first time you heard it on radio? Hmm. We even radio. heard it somewhere where you were like, yes. out. Oh, yeah. do you? Okay, cool. I, there, there was a car wash where I used to stay, uh, which is opposite. Um, because I don't own a radio. I didn't own a radio at the time. Actually, I don't own a radio even today. Neither do I. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so, as I was... I think I was on the balcony and I was just, I guess I was just relaxing and I heard it play, well, as they were washing the cars, usually they, they play music very loud. So they were playing one of the radio stations there and I heard it play and I was like, hey, this is my song. But then I think it's, it's what I got more was just phone calls from friends. Every time it plays on any radio station, anywhere, uh, in, in the country, everyone would call me. It's like, hey, your song is playing, and then you know, th- that's how I actually got my my feedback most most so, of the Sanele, time. So, Sanele, what you were saying yeah. is your phone was actually blowing up twenty four seven because that song was yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my WhatsApp <laughs> was just going crazy. People were taking videos. Oh, hey, somebody going crazy over your song here. Yeah. I've got friends of mine. They can't believe that I know you. <laughs> None of those stories. If TikTok uh, was around. So, it would have been a TikTok challenge. Yeah, yeah, it would have been so so crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah. But but the concept yeah. behind your debut album, right, from Africa to the world, is yeah. that you want you want the world to wake up to the stories that we've been telling, that Africa has been, that Africans have been telling for years, and the music yeah. that we've yeah. been creating for years. If you could pick one of those stories that you would want the world to know about Africa, what would it be? Whoa, that's a very. <laughs> I was expecting that. You, you mean like any African story? Yeah, I mean any yeah. any song uh-huh. lyrically, maybe that if you could pick one, one song off the album yeah. that you would want people to listen to that has a story that you would like them to resonate with. Which one would it be? 
Uh, on on Afri- on Africa to yeah, the world. That, that, that is mm-hmm. the first album. Ooh. Um man. Ah, wow. That's a very good question. I'm just thinking to above all these songs now. I'm going back. You can take as um, long as you like. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'd go for um and is good they would see me. Um because the reason why I'm I choose that because I, I got introduced to something new as well from Simi, you know. Uh, it's, it, it's a type of 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 sound. Um, it's wedding songs. It's, it's called just called wedding songs, and, it, it, and this is all. It's called Mpoloho. Um So I think within Dabizgude we we took an old. Zulu folk song and which is always just sung in all most weddings if not all you know uh, traditional weddings that is um, I think that's one one of the songs that I'd really um, if if anyone would just if they were listening to it and uh, not from South Africa I'd be like hey this is actually a song that we usually sing in weddings so yeah yeah, yeah I think that's that's on top of my head right now that I'm thinking of. I'm sure I'll have one something deep in there, you know, but I just, this is one song that I just think um, would carry a, a sort of like an African message or a story. Uh, I think rather. that that's beautiful. So, yeah. I think that that's a really beautiful okay. answer. I also cool. think that From cool. Africa to the World is such an appropriate title for your album, especially yeah. because of its success. I mean, you won three Samas, um, and and Akanamali achieved worldwide success, even catching yeah. the attention of Alicia Keys and her husband's Swiss oh, yeah. Beats, who posted, I think they posted oh, a video yeah. of their child dancing to it. Oh, yeah. they, start, they start mm, dancing to it. Amazing point. Hey, hey, hey. This your song? Hey. One, two, three. And then they loved it so much that, I mean, this is like stuff of fairy tales, that they flew you over to the state. <laughs> so that you could spend a week creating music with them, Sanele, which is amazing. Yeah. Please relive amazing. that experience of working <laughs> alongside two musical giants because the two of them are like, they're one yeah. of my ultimate music power couples. No, they're, they're amazing. Amazing people. Very, very welcoming. You know, I... But when we got there, um, it was it was snow. Where, where um, in the states was it? Uh, New York. I was in New York. So um, I remember just being there, and they couldn't fly in. I think they were, they were on vacation. Um, so when we when we when we got uh, we got in, and in in, in the US they they were not around. So now the tricky part was. Um, they couldn't land back, you know, they couldn't come back and fly in because of the snowstorm. So uh, we stayed for like three days without seeing them. I think we only met on a Thursday, uh, but I think I got there on Monday. And uh, when they got there, we were very friendly. Yeah, they took us out. And it was such a, a crazy, unbelievable moment. Even right now, just really telling this is just an amazing thing, you know. Um, uh, so we went out, and I think the following day, uh, we went to studio. I think that's Friday. 
that's when they made us listen to their albums before they came out. And and they were just really excited. I remember Alicia was like, please take me through your process. How do you how do you come up with this song? Da, da, da. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I should be actually asking you, how, how do you do it? So, um, you know, really excited and just on what we were doing and how we were doing it. And um, yeah, yeah. Then we were in studio. Um, yeah, I, I really can't think of so many things. You know, we we, we jammed. We, I worked on a couple of songs. It was very scary. I I, I have to say, it was just. Uh, I feel like I, I I was, I was just there to really learn, uh, because I remember I have a, convers- a conversation with Swiss, and I was like, yeah, uh, King. I need you to flip Bam uh, Tatile because that's his favorite song and Alicia's was Ranamal. So they both wanted almost basically the same thing. They're like, hey, I, I, I want another version of Bam Tatile. And she was like, no, I want another version of Ranamal. You know, but I, I, that was so new to me because I, I don't, I didn't work like that before. For me, it's always just new. It's, if it's a new song, it's composition. I compose right then there. I never want to repeat or do anything closer to that. Or even try to. Because that's. I feel like that's just stressing yourself. Because you, you're trying to achieve something that... you, you at, at The first time you did it, it was based mm-hmm. on feeling. So you cannot repeat that. So, But then, I really tried doing that. But I, I didn't think I was, I was successful in it. But then... I. Now that I really think about it, I wasn't there to make music with them. I was just there to learn oh, the process okay. of just being, just to be being quick, you know, because I was really slow. I was still, you know, everything was just new. My song was, everything was just going up. And it was before even my album came out, which was crazy because I made them listen to my album and they were going crazy over it. So which was beautiful for me, you know. Because I was going, um, I was going to yeah. ask you what happened to all of the music that you made with them in studio, um, but yeah. I mean, if you say that it wasn't necessarily about the music, it was more about yes. the actual experience of being in studio. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes, I think I wasn't ready uh, uh, as 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 a composer right there. You know, it's, it's a lot of just you know, it's Alicia and Swiss. They are just right there, Saga. I, I, brain freeze in a way. So, um, but then, um, but now I, I, after just coming from um, uh, learning from that, you know, I, I, my process is so quick now. I, I, I can make, I can finish an album in a week wow. <laughs> in terms of composition. You know, it's, it's just, it's that, it's that quick because I, I kind of beat myself up. I was like, oh, I should have, you could have, you know, if you did this this way or whatever, whatever. So I was like, no, nah, you know what? I'm not going to go through this this shameful experience. I'm going to I'm gonna do something about it. And this is how I came up with uh, 31 songs. From, uh, 51 from songs. It's crazy. No, but yeah. so, so last season we had uh, an incredible house vocalist by the name of Jackie Queens on, oh, on yeah. the show and she's a big advocate for pushing to get recognition for vocalists who feature on house songs and you know looking at your career you're always giving credit where it's due I mean the when, yeah. when it comes to uh, the the title of the song the artwork of the song the person who collaborates with you is usually on the artwork um, 
and you've collaborated with so many people, how do you go about picking who it is that you want to work with? Man, that's that's amazing. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't think I get to be the one who really choose to choose whoever I need to work with. I think it's just it happens organically. It's just. It's, I think it's a spiritual thing. I'll call it that. That's the best way to just really explain it because there's so many people who are talented, people who can sing and all of that. You know, it's always, it's either through a friend or somehow we, it, it just, we just need to cross uh, ways in a way path in order for us to just really create, you know, um, sometimes I'm really, I'm very specific like Ami with Ami Falco. I saw her on Instagram and I usually go through the profile because the way you set up your profile is more, I would call it a, a CV. It's, that's your CV because that's where you can upload videos Smart. of yourself I've singing. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. 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 So that's how I usually see if a person is really serious because I get a lot of DMs. I guess and I can sing or sing. But like, okay, let me see. And there's nothing. It's, it's like a model. The, the timeline is full of just pictures of yourself. Nothing whatsoever that, really resonates with music so that's how i just know and then i went through i mean and then i saw this other video where she's sitting in the dark and i was like wow okay this is it i'm sold sent her a dm as well back and uh, so yeah. what you're trying to tell me is if i send you 20 voice notes a day with myself singing if i like, completely harass you it's not gonna work <laughs> actually if you know this is the thing i think you as a person who wants maybe my attention, you need to show that you really want this. If you take videos of yourself and you put them up already on your on your timeline, you're you're showing me that you are ready ah. to to to, to so get out there. So it might work, you know? okay? Because so, you know, just for yeah. anybody who's listening to this, who's like, oh my god, I really yeah. want to feature on a Sun L track. Yeah. <laughs> now you know what you got to do. <clears throat> but you dropped yeah. your second yeah. album at the end of last year to the world and beyond. Uh, and we've we've covered the fact that it features 31 songs, which still is just blowing my mind. And listen, it's, it features everybody. I mean, you've got Simi, who's obviously, you know, you've been working with her for a very long time. Cuesta, Diamond Thug, which I found very interesting. Bongiziwe, who's just an absolute legend. And then Ami, we also yeah. spoke about Ami. And the list just goes on and on and on. And, yeah, and you know, then people. you end off 2020 with a black coffee collab on You Need Me, which is such a banger. And listen, Sanele, if this is what you can do during a pandemic, what do you see for yourself in 2021? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm working on a lot of collaborations now, you know, um, after just working with black coffee it's 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 really amazing the the streams are are crazy for the first time i saw just amazing in terms of numbers i was looking at my spotify and i was like okay (laughs) this is insane this is crazy um yeah so it's it's a lot of collaborations you know um a lot of music being i'm going to release quite a lot of songs because the reason why i'm releasing so much now well, I ha- the music is there, it's, it's just gathering dust and I feel like it becomes irrelevant as the years go by. So if I don't release it now, I'd never see that, uh, uh, it would never just come never out, I guess, you know, because uh, it's, it's, yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, 
uh, yeah yeah so there's a lot of just releases uh um and a lot of uh, collaborations but more i'd love to do um work with guys just not in africa only now and just try and really spread it to the rest of the world you know um yeah 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 that's the plan well sanele i just want to say thank you very much for joining me on text talks and your your music is so incredibly yeah. inspirational and like a testament to original african creators and i i wish you, you all the best of luck with your future endeavors and please, and thank please so come much. back once you drop that edm album i can't wait <laughs> right yeah uh yeah most def most def thank you so much guys musician for joining me in studio. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Be sure to check out texttalks.com for more episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, or listen to Text Talks on all good streaming platforms. Also a huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store for being the most incredible technical supplier. From myself, Tex, our producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and our research assistant Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side.